0: Joining legendary broadcast pro Kevin McCullough on a mission unlike any other. United to bring back New York. Now, live from Studio 111, here's Kevin McCullough.
1: All right, Kevin McCullough, very glad to have you with us. Thank you for being uh, a part of the daily uh, routine here of getting some common sense. (laughs) uh helping you think through the biggest issues of your life and uh trying to do so in a winsome way. Um a, a very interesting thing happened to me this week. Carol Markowitz of the New York Post has a new podcast that she's been doing probably I want to say just a little little less than a year, but she's had big big people on that podcast. Um and she asked me to come be on it, which is kind of ironic because, again, she's mostly just had really big, big, big people on there. And I just don't think of myself as being really big, big, big. Um, but we, we had a great conversation. And we, we were discussing in the, in the process of this the way that people are consuming their information these days and the way that that people are choosing to say, I, I want to be the personal filter for the, the, the sources that I that I go with and the things that I am um, learning about and, and the things that I want to know. And I asked her, you know, do, do you think that the way this consumption is is transforming that it's going to make a difference in terms of how we live our lives? Uh, in the society and the culture etc and she she's optimistic that that we are we are kind of on the edge of a new day and and stuff that will um, hopefully uh, improve so uh, anyway i if you want to catch the conversation and she asked me about some stuff that was just nobody's ever asked me about uh, stuff about my personal life stuff about um, how my start in uh, broadcasting and in political predictions and other things got going. Some of you may not know this, but uh, Boat Stradamus is a personality that Eric Metaxas' producer, Chris Himes, dubbed me a few election cycles back because a lot of the things that I predict come true. Um, and we so there's just a lot that we go into. It's a 45 minute deep dive and it's going to air I don't it it may be this this next week, if not, it's the week following, but I think she puts out her podcast on Monday. Um, Anyway, I'll try to find out and make sure that you have uh, access to it. But it was a really interesting conversation. And we we got into things that I have never talked about on any media platform, not on Fox News, not on talk radio, nowhere. Uh, So I would really I would love it if you take a listen and then give me your feedback on some of the stuff as we uh, as we went through it all. Um, and then, so that's, that's one thing I wanted to tell you about the, the other thing I want to tell you about is you may have heard that, uh, Laura Trump, the first daughter-in-law of the former president, uh, has joined the Salem media group team. Uh, she has a podcast that is a, uh, TV and audio podcast. Uh, and she is now part of the Salem podcast network. And as, um, I, I was kind of honored to to be a go-between to kind of introduce her to the Salem Media Group and bring her to the table. Um, and uh, as as kind of a thank you back to me, um, Laura has agreed to come on my uh, television show this weekend on the Salem News Channel. So you can check that out. Uh, it's on a lot of radio stations across the country. But if we don't get if you don't get uh, that Kevin show by way of radio uh, in your local market, especially on a Salem station, um, please. Download the Salem News Channel app uh, because we are going to have a really, really frank conversation with her, not as the first daughter-in-law, not as a Trump, but as a mom who has young children coming into the world that, that we are leaving for them and what her concerns are and why she uh, you know, did everything from consider a run for Senate to at this point in time, um, helping her husband uh, re-support uh, her father-in-law f- for his presidential run. Uh, but it's a very interesting and, again, quite in-depth conversation, and I think that you'll like that. That's this coming Saturday night, 9 p.m., you can get the Salem News Channel app just going to the Apple or Android app store of your choice. But Salem News Channel is also now on certain platforms. So if you have a Samsung TV uh, it's already built into the uh, operational apps on the TV. If you uh, are a Zumo, Sling TV, or Local Now TV uh, subscriber, we are in the channel guide on those platforms. Uh, and there's more platforms coming, and we are always um, working. We, we're It's called a fast-track channel because we went from basically no viewership to being in 100 million homes in about a year. So it's kind of kind of exciting. And uh, Saturday and Sunday night, 9 p.m., you can catch that Kevin show uh, at that time. All right. Uh, very interesting days that we live in. And normally, um, uh, oftentimes on Thursday, I speak with Imran Ansari to get kind of a legal perspective of what's going on in the world. Um, you may know that with the reemergence of the um, Epstein evidence and issues uh, that he is very, very busy uh because his law firm has representation both for Ghislaine Maxwell and Alan Dershowitz who are on different sides of that same case anyway uh tonight he is tending to uh, Mr Dershowitz and some of the legal needs there so he's not going to be able to join us but in his place I have former prosecutor from the Southern District here in New York City Annie McCarthy a senior fellow at the National mm-hmm. Review Uh, And just pound for pound, one of the nicest guys in media, but also one of the smartest uh, former prosecutors I've ever spoken to. And when he talks on TV or on radio, you sometimes hear him on the Joe Piscopo show. You hear him on my shows frequently. I listen to everything this man says because uh, his knowledge of the law is just kind of unparalleled, uh, especially as a former prosecutor and especially as someone that has. Um, you know, studied these issues for as long as he has. He's he's really uh, well respected by his peers uh, all the way around. So he's going to be with us. Uh, and looking forward to we're, what we're going to do is we're going to break down now that the campaign is underway. What happens to the Trump trials? Where do they go from here? I want to ask him about the, the criminal and the civil stuff and how it how it's expected to play out given that. Um, now you can literally make the argument that these trials are going to—they're going to interfere with the elections. There, there's still a trial date <laughs> for March 4th for the federal trial um, that that is coming out of Washington, and they want that trial to start on March the 4th. That's the day before Super Tuesday. You can't make the argument. You, you can make the argument that they have the right to bring the trial. You can't make the argument that it doesn't interfere with an election because it completely does. But that may not matter. And we'll ask uh, Andy McCarthy about that uh, coming up in just a little bit as well. Um, And that brings me to just a a little bit of a news update before we go to our first break. Um, The next primary, obviously, is next Tuesday. And as we go through this election cycle, um, I want to keep you informed and uh, kind of firing on all cylinders so that you're as best informed as possible. And if you happen to be in New Hampshire listening to us, um, you just need to know <laughs> that the national media is making a mockery of your elections uh, process. Um, the, the the poll that is showing that uh, Haley and Trump are dead tied. Uh, I don't know where that came from, but I've looked at all the national polling groups and Trump is anywhere from 12 to 16 points ahead. And that's before you figure in the Ramaswamy voters coming over and that sort of stuff. My only point is this. It doesn't matter when the election comes to your area. Do your part. Just vote. Vote for the people that you believe in. Vote for the issues that you are concerned about. Vote for the for the positions that you would like to see taken for the candidates that come closest to those. That's that's what America should be. We should be voting for those that speak most closely to what we actually believe and want to see happen in our country. Having said that, uh, Andy McCarthy joins me next. It's Kevin McCullough. Stay here. <music> You need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best, period. (laughs) So tune in, Eye on Real Estate saturdays at 10 on am 970 the answer that's i on real estate saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on am 970 the answer
2: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com.
1: Hi, Kevin McCullough. Have you heard? Michaels of Brooklyn. They went from 50% to 75%. They are now at 100% capacity. And by reservation, following all the CDC guidelines, they can ensure your safety and the health of their patrons and employees. And now's the time that you can get back to Michaels of Brooklyn and have some of that authentic Italian food. Celebrate Michaels of Brooklyn 100% capacity by joining the sauce of the month. Month Club, you'll get a different jar of Michael's of Brooklyn pasta sauce, homemade pasta, and biscotti each month for about six months. Each month, receive exquisite sauces ranging from arrabbiata to puttanesca, and of course, their fresh marinara. They're family-owned and operated. It's authentic. Everything is made completely from scratch. Even the sauce that they sell in the grocery stores nationwide, they make it right there at Michael's of Brooklyn. Visit michaelsofbrooklyn.com. Join their Sauce of the Month Club. That's michaelsofbrooklyn.com, or call 718 7851 for reservations at 718 Michaels of Brooklyn serving the community since 1964.
3: Achieve the best possible outcome. At Idala Bertuna & Cammons, that is what we offer. When I was on the bench, Idala Bertuna & Cammons earned the reputation of being the boutique law firm that fights passionately for their clients in the most professional manner in both civil and criminal cases. I am proud to be a member of the Idala Bertuna & Cammons law firm, where our lawyers will give you the powerful representation you all deserve.
0: AM 97 The Answer.
2: Listen to us online at AM 970TheAnswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com.
0: Call in to the Joe Piscopo Show and let your voice be heard. Hey, let me go to Tom and Boca Tom. Your show
4: is, in my opinion, the great American story. Joe Piscopo's father, the family, Al, everybody in your show. You guys put together a team. I love your show. And everybody's beautiful. We're very I, fortunate to have a great American story. Okay. Joe Piscopo. Joe
0: Piscopo. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on AM 970. The Answer. Our hosts, tell it like it is. No safe spaces here. AM 970. The Answer. What a little moonlight can do.
1: It's Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us and very glad uh, tonight uh, in light of Imran Ansari not able to uh, be with me to kind of break down some of these legal stories. We have a prosecutor of the highest reputation, uh, former prosecutor Andy McCarthy, who worked in the Southern District Office, also is now a, a senior uh, uh contributor and fellow at the national review and andy a good friend of the show andy i always appreciate you being here Kevin, my pleasure happy new year yeah and and you as well and speaking of the new year um i don't think any of us would have going into 2023 really predicted that where we are going to spend a lot of 2024 would have happened we haven't typically had a presidential campaign happening under the um, shadow of multiple uh, court cases that are that are ongoing from basically uh, one side of the political aisle to the other. I'm curious. Before we comment on any of the cases specifically, how how are you approaching this year as someone who is a fan of the American legal system and wants to see it protected and and um, you know uh, full of integrity and have all of its uh, honor and do due. due? but what is what is becoming of our justice system these days Andy?
5: Kevin I'm I'm first worried about what's becoming of me because I left the justice department about 20 years ago and I never expected to spend this much time um doing um what what seems like litigation work instead of uh instead of journalism. So it's a it's a very different experience than anything the country's ever been through before and it's really I think a dangerous time in the sense that I, I, I think in their haste to use the criminal justice system as a uh, as a weapon against Trump. And, you know, I don't want to you, you can overuse that metaphor, because as we all know, you know, some of these cases look like they have more meat to them. others do right some of them just look like they're flat out frivolous some involve some pretty uh, serious allegations but across the board what i'd say is that um, regardless of what you think of the merits of any particular case the people who are trying to get trump are not sufficiently mindful of how important it is that the public doesn't believe that the legal system has just become a political weapon to be used by one party against the other because if we don't the rule of law depends on people accepting the legitimacy of the court system as undergirding our our rule of law and providing for us a society where everybody's treated equally under the law it's really basic to whether you can have a a democratic and flourishing economic society it's so important to those things and i just think sometimes in their haste to go after trump um some of the people who are doing it don't understand the fire they're playing with
1: or or well see you're a very optimistic kind of guy andy and i appreciate that about you is it that they don't understand the fire or is it that they don't care if they burn the system down as long as they get their way
5: that's a better way of putting it i i i think they're in what i mean to say kevin is that in their haste to do this you know basically what they have decided uh and i think this is all you know when you're in your own fishbowl uh as people can be from time to time where it's just you know you and your buds and there, and you're all kind of mutually reinforcing everybody's uh biases and prejudices. Um, They have decided that Trump is a unique evil in the world, and therefore anything and everything that they can do to derail him uh, is justified and nothing is off the table. And I just think that's a terribly reckless way of regarding the justice system. Um, You know, they may think that their political cause is more important than anything uh but i think to the country at large the most important thing is that the justice system re- retains the the assumption of objectivity that's core to its legitimacy and that's the thing that they're undermining and if we lose that we lose a lot more than you know there's a lot more at stake here than Donald Trump in
1: 2024 yeah. well and it's, i think to be honest i think that's what You're seeing by way of the people's response to all of this, because uh, and there was a very interesting op-ed in the uh, Wall Street Journal today about how. If this was Biden's plan to on some level, stop Donald Trump, he's throwing gas on the fire that he doesn't want lit. Um, And I, I don't think it has a lot to do even with Trump. I think it has to do with everyday middle class folks Watching what's happening and going, well, if they can do that to somebody who's one of the most resourced people in our country, they they could do that to me. And I don't have the resources that Donald Trump does to fight back.
5: Yeah, I think that's right. And Trump has been very effective at using that as a uh, as not only campaign rhetoric. I think he, you know, he believes it. I think a good case in point here, Kevin, is this um, ongoing uh, civil fraud case that's been brought by the elected Democratic Attorney General of New York, right? Um, where they've gone after Trump. They Originally, they said they wanted $250 million uh, in addition to putting him out of business in New York. After an 11-week trial in which they have not proved a single victim, and where Trump put some of his uh, counterparties on the stand in the defense case. And they all said they made money with Trump and they didn't feel defrauded. And, you know, they, a lot of them would said they would work with him again. So after 11 weeks and no victims, she says now that she now thinks it's three hundred and seventy million dollars, not uh, not just two hundred and fifty million. And I, the thing I think that comes through in that case is precisely the point you're making, which is. New York is willing to to put the sign out to the world that if you're an opponent of the progressive clerisy in the state, they will come after you, they will put you out of business, they will try to take every cent you ever made. It doesn't matter if they can prove that you have actually defrauded anyone, right? Uh, if you're their target, they're going to try to crush you and put you out of business. Who wants to do business in New York under those circumstances?
1: Well, as if the state didn't have a lot of other things not going for it, like stat, like tax rates and property prices and a whole bunch of other things. Now you add this kind of other hidden fear that's out there that, that could hang out there. You're turning away a lot of development. You're turning away not a lot of mom and pop business. You're turning away the big, big guys that could come in and do big, big projects. Um And I think that I think that that is um, that's going to be something that is going to be taken note of, although when we come back from this first break, what I want to ask you about is obviously this doesn't just linger down in the lower levels of the system. This is going to go somewhere. And what are the next steps? And maybe we break down a couple of the different cases, but where do they go and what are the likely outcomes of where they head? He's Andy McCarthy. Read him in the National Review. Kevin McCullough. Very glad to have you with us. Stay here.
6: With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters reporting. Congress has sent President Biden a short-term spending bill that would avert a looming partial government shutdown and fund federal agencies into March. The House approved the measure by a vote of 314-108, to with opposition coming mostly from the more conservative members of the Republican conference. Nevertheless, about half of Republicans joined with Democrats in passing the third stopgap spending measure in recent months. Lawyers for former President Trump are urging the Supreme Court to put a swift and decisive end to efforts to kick him off the 2024 presidential ballot over his efforts to overturn his 2020 election loss. In a written filing Thursday, Trump's lawyers called on the court to reverse a first-of-its-kind Colorado Supreme Court decision that said Trump should not be on the state's Republican primary ballot. More details at SRNNews.com. Syracuse is still unbeaten in the dome And returns Saturday for
0: a noon tip-off With Miami Join us for Orange pregame at 11.30 Saturday morning
4: Tip-off at noon at AM 970 The answer New York's home for Syracuse University Basketball are you ready for an adventure of a lifetime? Journey with me, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, on the Patriots Alaska Cruise this summer. It's an incredible opportunity to engage with me and other like-minded Patriots on an epic seven-day cruise over 4th of July weekend. Witness the untouched wilderness of Alaska while discussing America's future. What could be better? Join me from June 29th to July 6th. Call 855 855- 855 or reserve online patriotsalaskacruise.com AM
0: 970 The Answer doesn't have to stop when you turn off your radio like us on Facebook follow us on Twitter or Instagram download the app just search AM 970 The Answer take us with you wherever you go
7: BMP Paribas RCC Incorporated seeks a director of risk and PL trading application manager in New York, New York, to function as a team lead within the risk and PL department, ensuring the management of trading application, including FAST. This requires a master's degree in finance, quantitative finance, or related field of study, or foreign an equivalent, and four years of experience in the international financial services or banking sector with a focus on quantitative research, financial modeling, or financial analytics development. Or alternatively, a bachelor's degree and six Years of experience, as stated above, the salary range is two hundred thirty-three five hundred eighty to two hundred fifty-two thousand dollars per year. To apply, email resume and cover letter with job code S six five zero in subject to careers at Americas B M P Pariba is an equal opportunity employer, fully committed to workplace diversity. Again, to apply, email resume and cover letter with job code S six five zero in subject to careers at Americas dot dot com.
1: Hi, Kevin McCullough. Let me tell you about a very interesting new book that has just been released, and some are saying is a must-read. It's called Two Creations, Barah and Asa," and the author, Emmanuel J. Charles, reveals the secret of creation from the book of Genesis. He reveals that life on earth was not evolved, but created by Almighty God. He explains that the first three verses of the Bible should be considered as three distinct events that took place in four different eras of earth's history. This book presents undeniable claims supported by logical reasoning, scientific evidence, and biblical truth. This book gives pastors and professors the ability to teach the creation account in churches and academic institutions boldly, without any doubt or hesitation. Many young students are walking away from their faith due to the lack of evidence to refute the theory of evolution and the promises that they will finally find answers in this book. Visit Amazon.com to get your copy today. Buy your copy of Two Creations, Barah and Asa. By Emmanuel J. Charles today.
0: Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, AM 970theanswer.com. And now from New York, back to Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough.
1: And hey, we're back. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us uh, on the legal edition of this Thursday. Um, Andy McCarthy is my guest. Andy, whether it's the, um, the civil litigation in New York, whether it's the federal case that uh, Jack Smith is trying to bring against the president in D.C., and that has its own kind of beleaguering problems that may be ended by the Supreme Court shortly. Who knows? Um, and then the Fannie Willis case in Georgia is plagued with lots of issues. But um, it looks like the civil case in New York will probably be the first one wrapped in kind of dealt with at its level. What happens next uh, for the president in these different venues?
5: Well, I think, Kevin, that um, the most important things um, that will control how this all goes through the months of the 2024 campaign are the Supreme Court case that you alluded to, where Trump is not a party. But what the Supreme Court is obviously disturbed about is the way that the Justice Department used a, I think, a vague obstruction statute in federal law, uh, the way they used it in connection with the Capitol riot case. And depending on what they say about the obstruction statute in that case, that could blow up Jack Smith's uh, election interference prosecution in Washington, where the two main counts in the case are these obstruction counts, which are, you know, potentially 40 years of, uh, of of criminal exposure of potential imprisonment, if the Supreme Court I, to my to myself looking at this, I think that the Justice Department's application of that statute against violent rioters is a lot more defensible. I'm not saying the court is going to is going to buy it, by the way, but it's a lot more defensible than its use against Trump, because Trump is not implicated in a violent crime. What he's essentially alleged to have done is adopted a cockamamie legal theory that the vice president could invalidate votes and as i think you and i have talked about before if a frivolous legal theory is now a felony i could have indicted five of those a day when i was a <laughs> prosecutor you know so this would be like a like a first um so that, that so that's very important And that and then i think the other thing that's that's critical uh which i i think trump is going to lose this one is the uh immunity claim We're we're waiting now for a decision by the uh, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals in the case that was uh, was argued about a week ago. That
1: was the case that Uh, the Supreme Court said they they weren't necessarily declining it, but they wanted the circuit court to look at it before it came to them.
5: Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think depending on what the circuit does, the Supreme Court may decide to stay out of it completely. Uh, If they rule against Trump, what he'll do next is seek rehearing from the full court, I don't think he'll get that. And then he'll have to ask the Supreme Court whether they'll take the case. So we'll just have to see where that goes. But obviously if they found that he had immunity from prosecution for uh, official acts, which means acts within the ambit of his executive authority, that would pretty much blow up the election interference cases, not just in Washington, but in uh, Fulton County as well. And as you point out, the Fulton County case right now is mired in scandal
1: yeah it's got its, just, own, it's got its own three-headed monster that it's gonna have to deal with but i want to stay on dc for a second yep is there a chance that he overplayed his hand on this
5: um i don't think on the immunity i do think he overplayed his hand on the uh obstruction and on the other charges in that case which i think are very rickety on the immunity I think the reason he wanted to go to the Supreme Court, to me it was a mistake for him to ask to go to the Supreme Court, not because I think his immunity claim, I think he's got a fairly strong argument on the immunity claim, but I think by going to the Supreme Court, the one thing Trump should have wanted was to get that whole indictment in front of the Supreme Court and have them start looking at these charges. You know, this very creative use of fraud, of obstruction of civil rights. I think that would have should have been the last thing smith wanted he thought he could just go up to the supreme court and say just look at the immunity don't look at the charges in the indictment but you know they're the supreme court once you're up there they can look at whatever the hell they want to look at right so i wouldn't have i wouldn't have done that if i were he especially because i think he had a much better shot to win that in the dc circuit i'm pretty sure that uh, they're going to rule against trump and the, the thing about the supreme court is in the post Scalia era, the Supreme Court is much more into what does the text say. Right, they're and what is the original? And when the Supreme Court in 1982 said that presidents had immunity from civil lawsuit for their official acts, they really didn't rely on any text of the Constitution. They kind of that was kind of the freewheeling days when the court if they decided that they had a policy they liked they just kind of imposed it um so i think part of what smith's calculation may have been is that even if the court thinks that it's sensible for a president to have immunity this court is very conscious of what the constitution says and it's really tough to make an an immunity claim out of the text of the constitution
1: when we come back for our final segment i want to start right there and ask you um does the court have the option of Kind of deciphering what immunity applies and what doesn't or is this a binary case that they have to say yes or no he's andy mccarthy i'm kevin mccullough very interesting conversation stay here <laughs>
4: Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate? If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10 a.m., our very own Dottie Herman, vice chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters of real estate. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet, you need to listen to Ion Real Estate. Dottie and her terrific team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there's no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. She's a legend. She's the best, period. Tune in to Eye on Real Estate, Saturdays at 10 a.m., Here on AM 970, The Answer. That's I on real estate. Don't miss it. Saturdays at 10 a.m. Here on AM 970, The Answer.
3: We are proud, proud to serve, to serve our country, to serve our local communities, to wear the uniform, to be a soldier, to serve abroad when and where duty calls. We are ready to stand with our brothers and sisters to defend, to serve, to fight. We're always ready, we're always there. We are the New York Army
0: National Guard. Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard. AM 970. The answer.
2: Listen to us online at AM 970. The Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com.
0: Call in to the Joe Piscopo show and let your voice be heard. Hey, let me go to Tom and Boca or
4: Tom. Your show is. In my opinion, the great American story, Joe Piscopo's father, the family, Al, everybody in your show, you guys put together a team. I love your show. And everybody's beautiful. We're very fortunate to have a great American story, Joe Piscopo.
0: Joe Piscopo, weekday mornings from 6 to 10 AM 970,
1: The Answer. Hi, Kevin McCullough. It's a new year and a time for new resolutions, right? I'm sure you've already made yours, going to the gym, spending more time with family, watching what you eat. But what about your family members? Is there someone in your life that should really make a resolution for an upgrade to a new career? Why not tell them about court reporting? It's a career with tremendous opportunity and flexibility. They can work in courts. They can work in schools. They can even work from home. They work as much or as little as they want, and their earning potential is fantastic. The National Court Reporters Association says there are 5,000 openings and not enough reporters to fill them right now. The NCRA is offering this free program called A to Z where participants are introduced to stenography and court reporting and sessions are being hosted right here in New York City. Plaza College, Forest Hills, Queens, is the only school in the city with a court reporting program. Sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. Again, that's info at plazacollege.edu. America
0: First with Sebastian Gorka. Weekday afternoons at 3 and evenings at 10 on AM 970. The Answer. And now, from New York, back to Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough.
1: All right, final few minutes with Andy McCarthy. Andy, really, genuinely grateful for your time. You're a very busy man, so to take out this much time to help us understand this better is very, very helpful. Thank you so much. We were just speaking about the Washington, D.C. case, and Jack Smith surprised me uh, and some attorneys that I've spoken with when um, he took the opportunity to kind of short circuit the process and go before the Supreme Court and ask them to rule on whether or not the president has a claim to immunity in the cases that he is currently standing trial in and obviously there's a benefit if jack smith wins this argument because then the trials have to proceed although i think they kind of go back you know to where they were paused uh, while this is going on so he's lost some time on this i don't know how that impacts his desire for the election calendar and everything else but since that time the Primary campaign has started. We are between <laughs> New Hampshire and Iowa now. It's going to be Nevada and South Carolina in a couple of weeks, and then Super Tuesday. And supposedly, all of this legal action uh, is going to tie up the former president. He may not be able to be on the trail as much as he would like to to campaign, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of ways of kind of cutting this, um, you know, apple in pieces, so to speak. But Jack Smith's betting that this action at the supreme court is going to be what preserves his ability to try these cases and to take them to their fullest conclusion you said just before the break that um you know that in the in the relevancy of the new court the post scalia court that the originalists and the textualists on the court um may work in his favor um but he didn't have to go down this path andy mccarthy he 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 chose to do this on his own. So is there a chance that the court comes back and says, well, the president does have immunity in these elements related to the cases or or on this subject matter, but not in this case? How do they how do they uh, in Solomon's wisdom kind of cut that baby up?
5: Well, you know, Kevin, the the point that you're making about sort of parsing this out is exactly something that came up in the oral argument of the case before the the D.C. Circuit. Wow. Kind of offered as a middle ground, even by a lawyer. Trump's. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine that? How about that? See, so maybe you should start playing one on television. It would be much go. better okay. than a lot of the ones that I uh, that I litigated with. But um, so what Trump's lawyer proposed to the court was this idea. What this goes to is what's an official act of the president, which could be a very dicey thing to. To, to try to uh, parse out like everybody agrees that if it's private misconduct, the president could be sued or prosecuted. So for example, they could have prosecuted Clinton, say for supporting perjury in the in the Mono, Monica Lewinsky stuff back when right, but they didn't prosecute Clinton for bribery in connection with pardons because the pardon power is undoubtedly an official uh, act of the presidency, right? So the the question is, what's an official act? And as the D.C. Circuit has said in another case called Blasting Game recently, it's not always easy to tell. So, for example, if the president goes and gives a campaign speech, that's usually considered political and not part of the president's official act. But what happens if in the middle of the campaign speech, he says, and by the way, I'm going to fire the secretary of state. Well, th- then it's an official act, Right. So you have to look at it carefully to decide which is which. And one of the things that Trump's lawyers proposed is that as a middle ground, they could hypothetically, the court could hypothetically assume that Trump has immunity. First thing we have to determine is what acts are official acts? What is the government alleging here? What acts are official acts and what acts are not? Which would argue for not necessarily deciding the case, but remanding it to judge Chutkin, who is the presiding judge in Washington to have hearings and make rulings on what parts of Smith's indictment involve official acts of the presidency and what are private. And if they go in that direction, it's going to delay this thing I'd say for over a year.
1: Well, and that's just one possible outcome. And of course it's thought that Mr. Smith and Ms. Willis and Mr. And Mr. Bragg and, uh, Ms. James are all wanting to see these things hurry along. So, uh, Andy, looking into your um, you know legal crystal ball here, it seems like these cases are nowhere near where that would be possible by the time certainly the primary is over, but much less the uh, the general election in November. I mean, you're talking about delays that could run, in your words, you know, more than a year. Um, if Trump wins the election, it's a whole different justice department. All of these, many of these charges could just be dropped.
5: Yeah. Well, I think that's true, Kevin, of the, of the criminal cases. Let me just put those for a for a second. Cause you asked me what's, you know, what's next, what are right, we going to experience right. next? So right now, pending the, the Tish James civil case, the, uh, the business fraud case. That was that went to trial for 11 weeks and now it's fully submitted. the summations have happened. and the only thing we're worried we're, we're waiting on is for Arthur Engeron, the uh, progressive Democrat who is an elected judge on the New York bench to decide the case. So that could happen any day. And the other thing is Trump is currently in a second trial with Eugene Carroll right. in federal court in New York. That's going to be really quick because the judge there said that he can't claim innocence on in, in terms of the uh, alleged sexual assault and the defamation. This case is solely about damages. And for that reason, they expected it to be quick. They thought it would be done by this week, but they're going to let Trump testify Monday uh, if he wants to testify Monday. I think those cases will be wrapped up pretty quick. The criminal cases, it's very questionable whether any of them... Can really get to trial. Um, the only one I think that you could slide in, especially if there's delay in the Washington case, would be Bragg's case on the biz- the alleged uh, business records thing arising uh, out of the, fa- the uh, Stormy Daniels uh, hush money case thing. that he
1: threw away but, because there was no evidence, and then mysteriously brought back at some point.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I, you know, the, the judge originally set a March 25th trial date on that, but then Bragg said we're going to defer to the feds. I don't think, you know, it'd be kind of tough at the last minute to say, "Okay, okay, we're going to try this now on March 25th when everybody assumed it wasn't going to happen anytime soon.
1: So I'm not holding my breath on that. Well, it's going to be interesting to see where each of these cases go. And there's a lot of moving um, parts to them. And Andy McCarthy, you've helped us understand them a little bit better tonight. And for that, we are very grateful. Um, Watch him on Fox News. uh, Read him at National Review. Uh, listen to him when he's on with myself or Joe Piscopo or other people here in New York. Uh, he knows what he's talking about. Andy McCarthy, thank you for your time,
5: Kevin. It was my pleasure. Take care,
1: Kevin McCullough. Coming right back from Kuwait.
3: Hi, this is Judge Kammins a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where author Idala of the Author Idala Power Hour works at his twenty-four-seven day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service, preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind, ABK, the power legal firm.
8: Retirement Outlook. If your retirement account is mostly stocks or bonds, listen closely. The future of your savings may be more uncertain than ever before. Hi, I'm Paul Stone, CEO of Colonial Metals. The sad truth is our government continues to eat away at our freedoms and security. In economic times like these, run around the flagpole by lunatics in Washington. I look to the most trusted store of wealth in human history, physical gold and silver that you own. At Colonial Metals, we specialize in helping folks with IRAs and 401ks and other retirement accounts move their savings into physical gold and silver. If you'd like a free gold investment kit, give us a call today at 820-800-8000. My team is standing by, ready to rush a free gold investment kit to you. You may also qualify for $7,500 in free silver and a free safe. Call 820-800-8000 now. That's 820-800-8000.
5: Colonial Metals is not a financial advisor. Consult with your advisor before investing. That's 820-800-8000. two hand towels, and two washcloths. Regular price is seventy nine ninety eight for a limited time. You can get this six-pack towel set for only $39.99 with promo code P. That's a 50% savings. Go to MyPillow.com, call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code JOEP to save 50% on the MyPillow six-pack
2: towel sets.
0: Our hosts tell them like it is. No safe spaces here.
2: AM 970, the answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com.
0: Brandon Tatum is next on AM 970 The Answer. Once again, from New York, here's Radio Night Live and Kevin McCullough.
1: All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. Final few minutes here. You know that... <laughs> What was the old uh, kid's cartoon, how a bill becomes law? You remember that from um, Saturday mornings? Um, I've never forgotten. That was my first entry into legislative uh, formation, how how bills become laws. Um, Schoolhouse rock. And I've taught it to my kids. And in Washington right now, there is a big debate over immigration and what should be done to stem the, the flood of what appears to be about 9 million people that have come to the country that did not have the right to be here that do not currently have the right to be here, but that are here and Republicans are putting forward bills. Mike Johnson, the speaker is getting in trouble a little bit because he's not completely towing the line as, as hard as some of the Republicans would like, et cetera, et cetera. But today, no, yesterday, Uh, Congressman Maxwell Frost got absolutely ridiculed on social media because he told Republicans that they should pass a bill to remove the Statue of Liberty along with their bigoted immigration law. The House Oversight and Accountability Committee had a hearing on H.R. 2. It's the Comprehensive Border Security and Immigration Bill. The bill would restrict the asylum process for people crossing the border and require and require resume construction on the border wall. That's all it would do. It would say uh, we need to limit the asylum process. Remain in Mexico actually would have been the perfect solution to that. Just keep them there. Let them work through the process. Those that have legit asylum claims can then come in and then rebuild, uh, restart the construction on the wall. But the freshman congressman was one of many Democrats who attacked the bill, though he also produced a mock bill to remove the Statue of Liberty for Republicans to also pass. He said, my colleagues from the other side of the aisle, let's be honest with immigrants who deserve better than what you're offering them. Don't welcome immigrants if you plan to reject them. If you keep pushing your bigoted HR2 bill, then also pass this bill. I've taken the liberty of drafting it for you. It removes the Statue of Liberty, our largest symbol that tells people to come here. Does anybody buy that? I mean, if if you're having a serious conversation, not if you're, you know, sporting a temper tantrum for C-SPAN. Do you think that we need to remove the Statue of Liberty and say that we are no longer a welcoming country? Before this year of illegal immigration explosion, these last three years, nine million people. Did you know that we legally welcome about a million to two million legal immigrants that come in legally through the legal process each year? There are those in our country that don't want that process to continue. That's, I would say, uh, becoming an unwelcoming country if you say we're not going to allow legal immigrants to come. But to say that about people who are just concerned about the fact that we've got 9 million people here that we don't know who they are or where they're from or what their intent is, I don't think that's
4: prejudice.
1: And I think that that Congressman Maxwell Frost knows that. I'm Kevin McCullough. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next time.